0: <laughs> oh, oh no,
1: like you could actually hear the hear the cheers turning to what?
0: Oh, uh, you're in trouble now. What?
1: Why? 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 You why? Are you? <laughs> There's so much stuff to see. So
0: listen to the Hello and welcome to IMDb is Obsessed, the podcast where we talk about the one movie or show we are absolutely obsessed with each week. Today, we're diving deep into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and I am joined by TV writer, IMDb contributor, and my friend, Gina Ippolito. Hey, Gina.
1: Hi, Alex. It's good to be here. I'm excited to get into Marvel Easter eggs. I'm excited to get into Sam Raimi Easter eggs, and I'm excited to catch up on you. For for those who don't know, I was a groomsmaid. In oh, Alex's yes. wedding.
0: <laughs> yes, at my very nerdy wedding where I'm sure we nerded out about some Marvel things or some comedy things. We both uh, have a long history in comedy together as well.
1: Yeah, Alex, Alex and I have been in many, many live shows together. We've shared dressing rooms, uh, mm. uh, oh, much wow, to yeah. both of our horrors, probably.
0: <laughs> yeah, and shared costumes as well, which is yeah. also uh, not fun uh, for yeah, you. Yeah, stinky, uh. <laughs> stinky costumes. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, for our regular listeners, we're going to mix it up a little bit. That's why we have Gina here. We're going to get deeply into spoiler country for Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. We want to break open and talk about all of the crazy things that happened in this movie. And we'll get to that in a few. We'll sound a spoiler alarm when we get there.
1: Yeah. So if you haven't seen the movie, go back, see the movie, and then then you can come back here and rate and review the podcast, obviously.
0: Yeah. Listen to it, rate and review it. All of that helps us out a lot. So please do that if you have the time. And before we get into this multiverse of madness, let's give a quick nod to the other shows and movies we considered covering this week to keep you in the know. The first one that we were looking at is Hacks season two. It premiered yesterday, Thursday, May 12th. And as we said, we both have a long background in comedy. So I think this one hits home for both of us.
1: Yeah. Both Alex and I have some live comedy trauma that we could could, uh, talk about at length uh, uh, that Hacks brought to the surface. Am I right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I did work for a Vegas comedian in my younger years of uh, trying to break into the industry, writing jokes for a Vegas comedian who was losing his spot to Wayne Brady. So this all hits very close to home. It is very funny, but also I have to take it slowly. It's not a binge show for me because not a place I want to go back to necessarily, but so, so (laughs) funny. And I'm excited for season two.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fair.
0: The second show that we also were looking at is The Kids in the Hall, which is now coming back to Prime Video. It premieres today, Friday, May 13th. I got to see a couple episodes of this new season, and it is so, so funny. But it is for deep comedy nerds of Kids in the Hall. Like, it starts out with an extended joke about their movie Brain Candy, and then goes on from there. It is for the big nerds of Kids in the Hall. And the third show that we were looking at is The Staircase on HBO Max. It premiered last Thursday, 5-5, and IMDb producer Hannah Russell, who actually got to speak to this cast, said that the performances are all really great. Colin Firth nails the voice and behavior of Michael Peterson, and Tony Collette beautifully illuminates the person we never got to see in the documentary. She says it's worth watching, regardless of whether or not you saw the documentary series, which is interesting. It's another one of those docudramas made out of a very popular documentary that everyone already saw, but with such a high-profile cast. I think it could be one that's worth getting into.
1: Such a bonkers story. So if you're not familiar with it, you might actually end up loving it even more because the twists and turns that it takes, it'll blow your mind.
0: Yeah, so many interesting wild theories to dig into. Hannah actually... Talk to the cast about those theories. It's on the Staircase title page if you go and search it on IMDb, and you can watch what they all had to say about some of the theories that not everybody ascribed to, like the owl. So go check that video out on the Staircase page.
1: Oh, I'm an owl truther. I I buy into (laughs) the owl theory.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. All right. So those are our honorable mentions, but now it is time to get into Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and let's sound the spoiler alarm because it's time to get into spoiler country. Spoiler in three, two, one. First two words I want to say, they're going to spoil something, Krasinski's spaghetti.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was laughing, I think, maybe inappropriately at this entire scene because for so long, people have wanted Krasinski. And And the perfect thing about this movie is that Sam Raimi said, I hear you, Marvel super fans, and then gave every single one of them the middle finger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there were early interviews with director Sam Raimi, who took over the Doctor Strange franchise from Scott Derrickson, who directed the first one. He left over creative differences, and he came in kind of seemingly like saving the project after it already gone, you know, started to go into production. It was, you know, humming along. And it seemed like not a strange choice, but an exciting choice because this is the man who directed the three original Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire. And he seemed like, okay, well, this is great. This is a guy who's right back in his lane. Didn't seem like he was ever going to come back to comic books in this way, but here he is. Now, is he going to get to do all the tricks that he has accumulated from all these years, or is it going to be more of a Marvel movie that was, you know, just given that little bit of extra touch from Sam Raimi. But no, this is a Sam Raimi movie. Sam Raimi was allowed to take whatever whim he wanted, and like you said take in all the Marvel commentary and all the things that maybe he wasn't able to do on Spider-Man and then just blow that out and do, get, throw it back in your face. And I think, yeah, John Krasinski is is the the like linchpin of all of that, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was very excited because I also had no idea if he was going to be able to Raimi this up because, yeah. you know, as we all know, Marvel has, they, they have a tight rein on things, right? So... The The fact that he got in there and was able to put his Raimi stamp on so many things is such a testament to him and what kind of director he is. There are not only Marvel Easter eggs in this, but there are Sam Raimi Easter eggs in this. And just the fact that he was able to do that is great. And, and, you know, if you've been on Twitter at all, you'll see that people are sort of calling this the first Marvel horror movie.
0: Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, they were saying that it was going to go more horror than they had been able to. That's in the roots of Doctor Strange from the comic books. I did not know it was going to be exactly like a complete all out horror with zombies and eviscerations and decapitations. And like I said, John Krasinski playing Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, getting (laughs) turned into human spaghetti, just stripped apart like a, a human string cheese moments after being introduced and like, you know, finally making good on a promise for years of fan casting of John Krasinski playing this role eventually in a Fantastic Four movie. Now, they're making a Fantastic Four movie, potentially. It's kind of on hold a little bit. Do they bring him back for it, or have they, like, kind of already made it not special? That's kind of the other crazy thing that you're saying of Sam Raimi kind of, you know, like, (laughs) doing some things to enrage an audience. Some of these things, like, now they've checkmarked the box. Do they even need to do it anymore?
1: Yeah, my theory is that all of the actors that they had who came in as the Illuminati, I think we will see some of them again. I think Krasinski is one of them that we'll see again. Mm. And I think others were sort of just either a farewell to that actor as that character or, you know, giving people exactly what they want. I don't think we'll see Patrick Stewart, for instance, play that role again. I think this was just this was just to get everyone so excited about this role. I think the same with Anson Mount. Uh, we probably won't see him again as Black Bolt in this universe, but I do think we'll see Haley Atwell. I do think we'll see John Krasinski, but only time will tell.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, let's break down that Illuminati scene some more because I think that's, you know, the big scene, the big question mark. And they teed it up in the trailers and teased it by hearing what everyone came to quickly realize was Patrick Stewart's voice. So we knew that in some way, this was all going to cross over. And from the kind of iconography of it, people came to realize that it was probably the Illuminati. It was this, mm-hmm. you know, group in the comic books, one version of the multiverses, call it Avengers or, you know, their, their Justice League, their group that oversees the world and makes those, you know, superhero decisions. This is the alternate version, you know, alternate universe version of that, where uh Doctor Strange was one of the people on it. Professor X, and specifically the Professor X played by Patrick Stewart, but even more specifically in the style of the 90s animated X-Men series, even using the sting from the music for that to like lay into all of it, kind of making good on one of those promises where anybody who grew up with that 90s cartoon wanted that transported onto screen for the original X-Men series, never really got it. And here's Sam Raimi saying, here you go. It's exactly as you wanted it. And now he's dead. (laughs)
1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Yeah, I think, you know, everyone who was a fan of that cartoon recognized both that sound sting and his outfit perfectly well, which they never used with Patrick Stewart in the other films. So this was a very specific character. Originally when the trailers were coming out I saw some outrage on Twitter because people were saying you're spoiling everything. To me the brilliant part of this was not that these characters were appearing, it's that they were appearing and then were immediately bloodily massacred. Yeah. So when you saw the trailer it was oh yeah, we're getting this. Maybe maybe Patrick Stewart is going to help save the multiverse from Wanda. She's going to come in and attack and and all this stuff and the fact that they introduce them and then each of those characters being killed in in such a specific way was s- so brilliant. Yeah, such brilliant trolling on, on Sam yeah. Raimi's behalf. But they they introduce these characters. They're introduced by Mordo, who we've seen before as an enemy of Doctor Strange. And, you know, he introduces each of them in kind. And it's Haley Atwell as the alternate universe Captain America. I I just love that Sam Raimi was like, here's another bit of fan service. So when she's fighting Wanda, she has the very classic and much beloved line of are you kidding i could do this all day as she's getting beaten up and then is immediately bisected by her own shield and it's just another example of like yay Oh, oh no like you could actually hear the hear the cheers turning to what
0: You don't want to cheer for the death of Captain Carter, but it is so (laughs) cool. And they showed her doing everything cool before. They gave her the jet pack. They had her fly around. They got her, you know, get a few good shots in. But Wanda's too powerful, and she just mows through each and every one of them. And yeah, destroys them with their own powers, which is so cool. The same thing that she was able to do to Black Bolt, played by Anson Mount.
1: When Anson Mount appeared on screen... Uh, I I thought like wow they're really they're really doing it and you know that character for anyone who who doesn't know he never speaks because his voice can can essentially blow anything apart uh, so he gets two words in which are when he's killing you know evil Doctor Strange or I'm sorry and then as soon as they face Wanda you know John Krasinski in his very cocky way. Says like he he can you know Black Bolt can destroy you with one word from his mouth and Wanda goes what mouth yeah and I gasped when they showed him because he gives a smirk at first like he know he like he knows and it's canon that he's he's the most powerful Inhuman like that's what he's supposed to be in the comics so to him this sort of you know small woman coming through is nothing and he's so shocked that his mouth is sealed that he of course like goes to say something it reverberates back. And if you sort of do a freeze frame of it, you see the reverberations going into his brain. His brain explodes. Half of his skull collapses. (laughs) His eyes are bloodshot. He's dribbling blood. And it was a, I mean, that's a real, you're really pushing that PG-13 right there. And he, the most powerful inhuman is taken out immediately.
0: Yeah, then you know that there's nothing is sacred. Everything's off the table. And these things that you've like waited forever to see, Are less special, but also maybe we can get more of them and more, they have to get more creative with them. I mean, you know, that they're just throwing big names in there and dispatching them immediately or throwing that like really, you know, deep cut fan service and then killing it off immediately. It definitely makes a change where now they're not setting everything up. Very deliberately for to pay off later. Now it couldn't just be like, here's something cool. Never mind. (laughs) Never see that again.
1: Yeah. In all of our minds. When Reed Richards introduces Professor X, he says, and the most powerful among us, Professor X. So at this point, there's still I think the fans still, at least I did, had a little bit of hope so professor x comes out and he just says stop and and sort of immediately enters wanda's mind and you're like oh yeah now here we go now this is going to be a really long scene and this is all sort of taken from you know not to do a too deep of a nerd dive but the the house of m yes, comics yes right where where this it, professor x does enter wanda's mind after she's gone insane with grief and doesn't know what's real anymore and is is Creating alternate realities, and he's managing in that comic to hold her powers at bay. And so I was going into this thinking, okay, here we go. He's going to yeah. me wander around her mind for a little bit. It's the
0: two psychics. It's like two of the most powerful, two uh, you know, from that mutant universe going up against each other. They've you know faced off, like you said, in the comics. Like this is this is a big meeting between two heavies.
1: Yeah, in the comics, Wanda is the daughter of Magneto. So right. so this is Professor X sort of facing off. With almost a surrogate daughter, because he and Magneto were so close at various points throughout the comics, and so to see him enter her mind and walk around this wasteland that looks similar to Sokovia in its bombing when she was little, and he finds the Wanda that she has taken over, that that the Scarlet Witch has taken over, trapped in under this rubble like she was when she was a little girl, and. And she reaches out from the sewer, which is a very Ramy move. Yes, very hand, hand reaching out of the ground. Carrie vibes at the end of Carrie
0: or the poster for evil dead. It looks like her on the poster of evil dead. It's it's that deep of a Raimi Easter egg. I feel like,
1: yeah, I love all the homages that he does, but yeah. And then, and then him saying to her like, Oh, you're, you're trapped here. And you think he's going to launch into this explanation. And then Scarlet, Witch comes up and snaps his neck.
0: Yes. And we're done. Yeah. And he droops in his yellow chair that we finally got to see. We get to see it one last time. Uh, You know, goodbye. Goodbye. 90s X-Men forever. Yeah. <laughs> Until Disney Plus brings it back in a few uh, years or months, I'm not sure when the uh, newest series series is premiering. I don't think they've given us a date yet. But you know, this is this is that bridge to it. And wow, I only Sam Raimi can pull these things off. Only he can can he like find these crazy moments and really make them exciting, and then sting a moment later.
1: Yeah, I think this entire scene was just one big. It it was a roller coaster of yay. Oh, what oh. Yeah. My- And I think I, in the theater out loud when that happened, said, oh, my God. Because just she, you know, she took out the most powerful and human. Yeah. She took out who before her was assumed to be the most powerful mutant. Yeah. Uh, and the most powerful member of the Illuminati with without even exerting herself. Like this girl, she's not going to have to stretch tomorrow. She's going to wake <laughs> up and feel and feel fine. She's yeah. not going to have pulled any muscles in her brain or in her body.
0: Yeah. She's got plenty left over for Strange and America Chavez and mm-hmm. anybody else in her path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's so much fun. And it's something that Sam Raimi does so well and has done so well for so long. And he's able to fold that all in with his trademarks and some of the things that he loves putting in his movies. Besides crazy whip pans and zooms, Bruce Campbell playing Pizza Papa, my favorite Ugh. character to enter the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe in some time. Bruce Campbell is somebody who has been with Sam Raimi since almost the very beginning of his you know, filmmaking with his brothers as a little kid. Raimi put Bruce Campbell in his first movie, The Evil Dead, and has been finding a place for him in almost every one of his movies. You know, the long joke between them has always been Bruce Campbell is this very strapping, hunky guy, like kind of old style Hollywood guy with a very dashing and big chin. He even wrote about it in his autobiography, If Chins Could Kill. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he always gets put in Sam Raimi's movies to just get beat up on, just to do like Three Stooges style stunts, get smacked in the face a million times, and be made to look a fool. He shows up as Pizza Papa, a street vendor selling pizza balls in a weird alternate reality of New York where the Illuminati are, and he immediately gets enchanted by a Doctor Strange spell that makes him start punching himself in the face and <laughs> squirting mustard in his eyes, and I shouted. I mean, as, as exciting as all of those cameos and all those deaths were, this was the moment for me, where I was like, "We're in good hands. We're in a Sam Raimi movie. Bruce Campbell's here. He's punching himself in the face. This all brings me back, and it's on the largest scale possible. So it's even that much more exciting."
1: Yeah, and the delight that this gave me—that he's still doing this insane stuff, almost what forty years later, as an older gentleman—it it, it was. I was laughing throughout this whole scene. And there are two post-credits scenes in this movie. Right. You know, the first one sort of has to do with the larger Marvel universe. But the second one is just Bruce Campbell coming back. You know, at some point, America Chavez says, how long will that last? How long will he be punching himself in the face? Doctor Strange said it should wear off in a a few weeks, in three weeks. And so at the end, we see him. He's worse for wear. It finally stops. And he says, it's over, and looks directly at the camera. So my favorite part of this was the fact that we're all waiting for more possible huge Marvel reveals. And it's literally just Bruce Campbell shouting at us that it's over. And I squealed.
0: So funny. Such a good punchline. Again, Sam Raimi somewhat flipping the bird to your expectations and making something that, you know, he finds funny instead of what, you know, is, is going to be like the grander kind of Marvel tie-ins because the, the cut scene that you mentioned before is the introduction of Charlize Theron's character, Clea, which was just a confounding moment that doesn't lead to anything beyond just like, oh, okay, so now Charlize is a part of the Marvel universe and, I'm sure they're going to figure out what they're doing with her, but mm-hmm. they've given us nothing. And so you think maybe you're coming back and we're going to get some answer or even just a tease. And instead, no, it's Bruce Campbell and he's punching himself in the face <laughs> more.
1: There are homages, obviously, to Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness throughout – but it was this and when they're fighting the squid monster in the beginning, who I think is supposed to be Gargantos, sort of lesser known character from the right. comic. But there's the scene where, you know, Doctor Strange pops his eyeball out and it flies. And it's very much an homage to that Evil Dead 2 scene where the eyeball flies across the room and into yeah. a woman's mouth. Yes. And, and all, every one of these little little moments sort of made me squeal with joy because I felt like my brain was on fire the whole time because I was, I was wavering between like, Oh, that's a, that's a Marvel Easter egg right, right there. We saw this in, in this other thing. And then to shift immediately to a Raimi Easter egg, a Ramy homage. Like he puts a 1973 Oldsmobile Delta in every single one yes, of his he does. movies. Uncle Ben was driving it in Spider-Man. It was in Evil Dead. And we see it in a very weird scene where one of the universes in the multiverse is melting upwards. And you see that 1973 Oldsmobile melting upwards. And that's such a specific deep cut because yeah. it's in the process of melting. So even if you know that this is a thing he usually does, recognizing that that's what this car is when everything else is going. And I I just loved it. I love that he made room in an otherwise also action packed movie. He made room to put his own stamp on it. I, I loved it so much.
0: Yeah, he did get to go as Sam Raimi as he wanted to, which is just a delight that he could do that. And I, I think that has been translating to audiences. I think people are pretty excited about that. We got, we got some great responses on Twitter when we asked what everybody's favorite moment that was a huge surprise to them. And Amit Kyra said two favorite parts and most inventive parts in the MCU ever. The musical notes fight. Which, I mean, come on. That Ugh. was so cool. So the, the sound design in that. It took spell casting to another level that I hadn't seen before.
1: Yeah, it was brilliantly shot. But also, the music yeah. in this movie is all done by Danny Elfman, which was another right. another who Spider Man with
0: Sam Raimi. So a yeah. great reunion of the two of them. Yes. And then, a meet also called out the entire zombie strange sequence, like you said, a nod to What If, and a really fun, cool thing to do, and a new direction for a horror Marvel movie to do. Zombies. <laughs>
1: and even Benedict Cumberbatch's performance as he's having this. I mean, you know, Sam Rainey does this schlock horror so well. So as Doctor Strange, who's learned valuable lessons here, is sort of having this heartwarming moment with America Chavez where he's not going to kill her, he's going yeah. to believe in her power. But it's zombie Doctor Strange delivering the speech, and you can see half of his mouth is hollowed right. out. His
0: skin is rotting. Yeah, his teeth yeah. are exposed. Yeah. And
1: and he has these tips and he's he's essentially saying to her i believe in you you can do this you'll find your moms and you can like believe in your power which normally an actor of cumberbatch's caliber He would give this very heartfelt speech and people would have tears in their eyes. But being delivered from zombie mouth with all of his tics (laughs) as his body is jerking from involuntary muscle spasms. Oh, God, it was just so delightful.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to read this last one, uh, one of the responses. Scott Timko said, pizza, Papa. Then his friend Giancarlo Tuccini said, don't listen to Scott. He didn't even know who Pizza Papa was until the credits. And then Scott responded, fake news, which I just find really, really delightful. And like I said, people are discovering that it was Bruce Campbell. If it wasn't immediately imminent, we haven't seen him in a second, especially not, you know, Raimi hasn't made a movie in 10 years. So what a great surprise. They obviously did not. Tip their hand at all that he was going to be in it, and it was such a uh, such a great way to introduce him to this new Marvel universe. Possibly to play Mysterio, the character that Jake Gyllenhaal played in the second Tom Holland yes. Spider Man, was one consideration of where they're going. I feel like there were some Mysterio vibes of what Sam Raimi would have done when you're tripping through the kind of different universes that they're putting, especially the one where Doctor Strange imprisons Scarlet Witch for a moment. We kind of like blast through different mirrored universes again, like Sam Raimi making. Good on all the things he promised over the years to have done with Spider-Man and wasn't able to, now getting to do it all and just go crazy and then kill everybody as well.
1: Yeah, I love that Bruce Campbell is now canon in this version of the MCU, which means that you know, there are other Bruce Campbells across Ooh. the multiverse. Okay. So he could theoretically pop up at any time. Maybe, maybe he's a pizza vendor in our main earth New York. Who knows?
0: Good. Good. There should be. I'm. I'm demanding a spinoff series for (laughs) Disney Plus of just Pizza Papa, Pizza Papa's Adventures. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I would. I would watch that and then rewatch that and rewatch it again.
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Well, obviously, we could talk about this all day, but we are going to wrap it up for today. Please tweet at us at IMDb using the hashtag IMDb is obsessed, or you can always email us at obsessedpodcast at IMDb.com when you hear what you think about it, when you hear about those Easter eggs. And also, if you want more Doctor Strange, go on IMDb.com, go to the uh, Dr. Strange page, search for Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and there's a great burning questions with the whole cast. They get into some of the habits of Benedict Cumberbatch and what it's like to work with him that are super interesting. Uh, so check that out. And again, if you like what you're hearing, go drop us a rating or review. It helps us out so we can keep helping you out with recommendations and deep dives into the best stuff to watch every week. Thank you, Gina, so much for joining me and nerding out about Marvel, about Doctor Strange, about Sam Raimi, who I can't wait to see what he does next. And where can people find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Gina Ippy. I mostly tweet out pictures of my cats or other nerdy things.
0: And you'll be tweeting, I'm sure, next time that you do another Marvel rewatch or are you in the middle of another one right now?
1: No, but I was just thinking that I need to do it. And maybe this time I'll add all of the X-Men movies to it.
0: Ooh, good, good. Those are some of my favorites. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, we will. We'll talk to you all next week. See you then.